it's it may <clears throat> it's different but very similar you have the whole you know trump uh, hysteria we had had the same thing <coughs> around the sweden democrats of course mm-hmm. and all their bots and their nazis and etc et it's like when the leftists are thinking oh we are lenin are we really are we the bolsheviks <laughs> are you guys <laughs> right no you're fucking not let's get serious mm-hmm. and they the neo nazis while of course having fascist ideas and nazi ideas they were not a mass movement mm-hmm. they didn't have paramilitary organizing mm-hmm. they didn't have mass influence they were a subcultural lumpen fucktard sect okay mm-hmm. so, so, so i mean Mm-hmm. And the Sweden Democrats are populists. The death of God is about the drying up of a horizon of meaning and of a whole form of human life. Where do we stand in the illusion it makes? What kind of space are we invited into? The material relations between people become social relations between things. When we look at toasters, corn, and TVs, we don't we see... We still, to a large extent, live in the interregnum between, between worlds, if you will, or between paradigms. Not many people in the history of the world have faced that. Diet Soap is a Sublation Media podcast. Johannes Regel is a former city council member in Sweden union activist and a member of the organization known as the Socialists of Vestervik. He recently wrote an article for the Platypus Review entitled Results Not Achieved and Prospects Graveled, Evaluation of the Activities of the Socialist in Vestervik and Sweden from 2006 to 2022. Why don't you tell me just what sort of socialism or socialist organization were you a part of in Sweden and what was the self-conception? of your socialist activities and movement? Oh, that's a good question, dog. Uh, thank you for uh, having me, by the way. I want to say that first. Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but uh, what sort of socialists are we? Were we? Mm-hmm. Uh, we still are, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, we are a very heterogeneous organization to begin with. We never really strive to be that much of a particular kind of socialist, I think. So we have people from different left orientation backgrounds in our organization. But um, we were, in our very start, for a few years, a member of a Trotskyist group in Sweden. But we broke with them quite early on. Uh, And... um, well, to our self-understanding, what, what we was thinking uh, about um, uh, what we were doing during these 20 years, sort of, that has passed since we started, um, was sort of, <clears throat> you know, there were social, so- social democratic clubs in Sweden before there was a social democratic party. Mm-hmm. And um, we sort of saw our task in the same way as that's the alarm telling me to get ready for seeing you. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So we, we started early. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we sort of saw our task as one of, you know, starting over. And um, 
we always realize that we are not a real socialist workers party but we want to have that uh, mm-hmm. we think it's necessary to have that uh, so our idea of what we were doing was sort of preparing for that really more than self-proclaiming it we sort of did anyway in the end and uh, yeah that's a long story but, but um, what, yeah. when you when preparational you, when you use the phrase um social uh, democratic party um you know that's a term that has multiple meetings at different mm-hmm. times in history um and I, I i i don't really know what it m- would have meant for you in sweden i mean in in the united states um uh, there was a com- comedian named Mort Saul who used to say that um, oh, yes, in the 60s, he was, you know, as an American comedian, little known now, actually. He he, he died uh, at the age of 92 a few years ago. This is me demonstrating that I'm old. Um, but in any case, um, he used to do a comedy routine about how it, uh, the center of all politics uh, was the, should be called social the social democrats. Hmm. And then you could go to the left. You could be a left social democrat, or you could be a right social democrat. Yeah. So that was in the '60s, and in, in, in the 1960s. And so, clearly, the term "social democrat" in a in a socialist milieu has a completely different meaning. Hmm. But what did you hmm. mean at the time? There was a time when there were only social democrats. Mm-hmm. When anarchists were social democrats, when those mm-hmm. who became Bolsheviks, etc., were social democrats, and those who became the social democrats were also social democrats and we sort of thought there was something good in that you know mm. not not trying to uh, there was sort of a a living debate if you will mm. and we always thought of that as a good thing rather than a bad thing so we, we defined ourselves politically in the sense that yeah we we want to overcome capital yeah mm. we want to abolish wage slavery and uh, society based on private property. And uh, we want to uh, free mankind's potential, if you will. And uh, that was it, basically. The rest mm-hmm. was uh, rather an open question, we would say. And what was important for us as were <clears throat> for anyone sort of seeking home in our organization, uh, what was important was that they realized that the era of class collaboration as it has existed in Sweden in particular, but in the world in general, is over. Mm-hmm. And to our understanding, it was time to start anew. <clears throat> because, mm-hmm. you know, social democracy weren't the first to organize workers in Sweden and other places. Social democracy was rather late in Sweden. Before then, you had the worker-friendly liberals and... Um, churches that were not connected to the state church we call them free churches in swedish i don't know what you say in america but um and they were organizing workers before but they did so on a basis of uh, class collaboration Mm -hmm. and they said to the workers to plead kindly if you will Mm -hmm. and when the social democrats came they came with other ideas and perspectives on the struggle and they say we need to organize and fight stick together you know all these things Mm-hmm. So we sort of saw the task as one of being rather similar to that, but with the only difference that those who now are the liberals, if you will, are those who once were the socialists, the social democrats, that is. Mm-hmm. That was a very broad tent. Um, yeah, it's, and 
still is. But nonetheless, it came out of a right that it it still is. We're just looking back on its history so far. Um, but it came out of a Trotskyist organization. Mm. Did that shape its self conception at the beginning, even in reaction against Trotskyism? That's a funny question. It depends on you who you ask. Today we have comrades who come from the very most Stalinist camp in Sweden. Hmm. And they would definitely call us, who has been doing this since the early days, some formal hmm. trots, of course, they would say, you know, the jargon. Hmm. But to my way of seeing it, we were never really Trotskyists. No. What do because... people you would call Stalinists mean when they call people like yourself trots mm. what does that signify well uh, it goes back to the old classic questions you know socialism in one country mostly mm-hmm. i would mm-hmm. say okay and uh, <clears throat> forgive me for coughing a lot i've been doing that since i was over in america by the way some american strain of covid i don't know <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah it's rather weak it's rather weak <laughs> oh 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 <laughs> okay <clears throat> but um yeah so how would they say it? I mean, I, I would be happy to have one of them with me today answering that question. What what makes Johannes a trot? I don't know. Um, I, I never considered myself a Trotskyist, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have an anarchist background. Mm-hmm. My, my political preschool, if you will, was in the black bloc, sort of, at the end of the globalization movement in that time, and where mm-hmm. uh, Nazi violence, neo-Nazi violence was still a thing, you know, the Antifa, whole, that yeah, mm-hmm. that generation, the end of that generation. And uh, so w- when I came into contact with the trots, for me personally, it was like, okay, so these guys are actually communists, but they don't like the Soviet Union, really. Something was wrong there. They're not Stalinists. Okay, that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're not, um, they're not evil communists, if you will, from an <laughs> right. adolescent uh, anarchist perspective. Right. When I was... um young in the 90s uh i wrote a, a, a an article for the student newspaper and it, it the headline was something like um revolution i swear it's not too late and um a trot organization um a, a member of of a trot organization called um socialist action like approached me in the newspaper office uh, a couple of days later and scheduled the time for me to meet with him and his uh, comrade and and it was as if when they showed up at my door uh, that weekend, I felt like I was being visited by Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> but I, nonetheless, I I, uh, I went and had coffee with them, and they were. I was I came from sort of a an anarchist perspective mm-hmm. as well, and but I thought, well, they're, they're not so bad. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, so for uh, uh, people today who are fans of the you know, their nostalgic understanding of the Soviet Union or of of contemporary China, people like yourself who are looking for um, a a more radical break from capitalism or who don't believe in socialism in one country are considered trots. And it doesn't matter to what degree you actually hold with Trotskyist idea. I mean, I I would be the worst Trotskyist, really. I, I read the struggle against uh, Hitler. It's called the Kampen mot Hitler in Swedish. Struggle against fascism, perhaps, is the English mm-hmm. name. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I read uh, some other book by Trotsky, but that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. I never got a proper Trotskyist schooling in any way. I wouldn't say. 
right? I, so you you formed this socialist demo, uh, social democratic uh, organization, uh, uh, not a party, not a. It wanted to be a movement. Was that mm. you're hoping to create a movement? <clears throat> yeah, but we we sort of realized that if there is ever gonna be something real, people have to get into motion in a serious way, and um, so we wanted to um, overcome the sectarian left. We we were never nostalgic over the seventies in that sense, mm-hmm. um, and we we also you know when we looked at our situation, which we understood was sad, uh, we blame the boomer generation left for that. Mm-hmm. This, we are their children, and this is what we have inherited in terms of politics. It's just shit everything. And it's uh, subcultural, and it's marginalized, and it's uh, not dealing with the real issues, you know, and uh, very distracted in many different ways. And, you know, this this classical saying that, uh, oh, if the left would not have been so divided, it would have been much stronger. I never mm-hmm. bought that. I always thought, you know, perhaps the left is so divided because it's so fucking weak, so it can't engage in reality, really. Pseudo questions become very important for these left groups because what they should be doing, organizing strikes or something, you know, is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, were you literally the children of former leftists, former new left? <laughs> not everyone. I, I myself is definitely so. Um, my my mm-hmm. parents are both uh, in that generation and were and leftists, and uh, but. Uh, the thing is, I mean, we have to understand Vestavik is a quite small town in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a de-industrialized former industrial town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over these years, um, even if marginalized, okay, so I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit here now. Okay. <laughs> so even if very much marginalized, and we were always knowing we are not it, this is not mm. what, we, are not, we haven't achieved really anything yet. Mm. Compared to sectarian left in Sweden, we were the success story. Mm. Because take, for instance, you know, how can you measure such things? Well, May Day demonstrations. Mm. It was us and the Social Democrats in town. And we were gathering about as many as them. As few in reality, of course, because there is not super many people attending these things. Mm -hmm. But we could. We could measure against them, you know, and uh, bring out a, local... a couple hundred people or something yeah, like that. Yeah, sort of 100, 150, 200. Small town, what, what's it, what is it about? 25,000 inhabitants. Mm. So, I mean, it, it's a small town. And <clears throat> over the years, there has been loads of, loads of people in our organization uh, that has passed through it. That also is something worth considering why are people passing through and not sticking around well part of it it is because people are moving away but we can't only blame that it's of course because we are useless in any real sense mm-hmm. um but um youth don't young people don't have any future really invested in mm-hmm. because the factories have closed down and there are no universities you know and infrastructure is really 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 bad so you can't stay in Vestavik and study or work somewhere else so it's mm-hmm. rather rural uh, so people move out so so we've always been losing people in that sense that could have stayed stuck stuck along but 
but uh, how did I get into this? What was my point? You were bragging about the achievements of um, the socialist of Vestervik. I think what I was asking you originally, I'm going to go back to the original question, was your self-conception. And I wanted to um, point out that you, one of the things you were trying to do was to become politically mm. relevant and to be relevant for, for working-class people in their struggles in Vestervik. You wanted to have some way of providing support for an ongoing struggle which you hope to would become a struggle for socialism right and mm -hmm. and and to that end you you i think if i'm understanding the story correctly and you, you correct me if i'm wrong mm -hmm. you ran for city council mm -hmm. um uh to with that in mind it, you, and you engaged in all sorts of activism as well not just you but of course uh, your organization um getting involved with struggles to hold on to um uh i, I don't, i'm i'm going to guess at this but like pensions or or welfare payments or mm -hmm. uh wages th those kinds of uh struggles in Vestervik. is that is that right yeah on a on a general scope definitely i mean we ran local election first time 2006 mm -hmm. i was 20 then and uh, i got elected in mm -hmm. so that was our first success. Uh, well, we, we 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 were we got born into this world as an organization through student movement at the gymnasium. You know, that's you know kids seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old in Sweden, mm. and we were organizing student protests. It was the war against Iraq and anti-austerity politics and stuff. And from that, we organized the party organization, which we knew wasn't really a party, but we called it that anyway. Uh, and we ran in election 2006 and uh, 2010 again, we increased a little bit. And then in 2014, we got three seats in city council. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, uh, we went forward and uh, we uh, w went even better in 2018. And then in, 2022 we backed two seats so we have been uh, in election for five uh, terms hmm. between those years and and the focus as you said has been anti-austerity politics mm -hmm. and um this is very interesting i mean we i mean there are many different uh, trails we could follow in this discussion but I don't know which one would be most interesting. Yeah, how did you come to develop an anti-austerity yeah. political platform? But the, uh, to me, today, thinking back at this, I think that was both our strength and also our weakness at the same time. Uh, the idea for us was, you know, I realize now that we always had a very crude understanding of Marxism. Mm -hmm. When I'm engaging with the people who have been taking ideas much more serious than we ever did, mm -hmm. we were always more into action, you know, mm -hmm. tried at least. Um, and um, to our understanding, you know, it was to make it rather simple. You have a class struggle in society over social surplus. And... Uh, there have been austerity measures, cuts, as we say, in you know schools, healthcare, uh, elder care, child care, all these things for decades in Sweden, since the 1990s. Mm -hmm. And the people are against that. And no one is defending these gains as we saw them. 
we saw it as gains from the reformist era, from the class collaborationist era of social democracy in Sweden, you know, where the working class uh, conquered, if you will, to our understanding, you know, better conditions of living in capitalism. And we thought that, well, if these things are attacked now, if they're taking it back, so to speak, we need to apply resistance. Mm -hmm. We need to give voice to people's uh, sentiments about this. So we wanted to tap into that, you could say. Mm -hmm. And not for the sake of the welfare politics in them in itself. We never really believed in the welfare state. We knew that was a dead end, something that wouldn't come back again. And even during its good days, it wasn't, you know, socialism as people in America sometimes like to believe when you speak to them or Mm -hmm. I mean, well, how did you distinguish between socialism as it might be and the welfare state? Yeah, we saw it like this, you know, <clears throat> what's important is that people are getting in motion, getting together, fighting together mm -hmm. for common goals, mm -hmm. common interests in conflict with the capitalist class mm -hmm. who are trying to enrich themselves. You know, mm -hmm. we've got more billionaires today in Sweden than ever. So the point for us was. You know, we, we always thought like this. For instance, like I said, we were defining ourselves as socialists. We were clear about we need a break with capitalism. But we also thought, you know, we can't really say how this will be done. And it's not our task to say so either, even. We need to get people in motion. Because without the working class movement reconstituted, there will be no fucking socialism to speak about in a way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's why we said, like, we don't care how you think socialism will be achieved. Mm -hmm. We need to, um, you need to be serious about getting people together to struggle for th things that can be linked to, you know, reconstitution of a working class movement or working class power. Mm -hmm. Because we always thought, you know, okay, the working class power is based on three things. It's its economic role in, in society, uh, its organization, and its class consciousness. So our goal was to create organization and class consciousness in order to, for the working class to, to make use of its uh, economic strength in, 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 in capitalism. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So, And we saw welfare politics, you know, as an opening. That was the thing. It, it wasn't an aim in itself. It was right. something that, that pe where peop we didn't have to invent people's slogans or opinions. We didn't need to f form opinion or something because everybody's against these fucking cuts. They're right. making the schools useless and they're overworking the staff in, in the hospitals. And, you know, so many things. So we want to so look into that. So yeah. like if nurses were um, uh, getting uh, their wages cut or if they're they were understaffing, understaffed. Under, understaffing yeah. is the understaffed. Um, then they might w themselves uh, want to organize a resistance, and your organization, your party, would pr help the mm -hmm. the organizing of protests and and maybe media campaigns. Yeah. And, and and we work with that. We did a lot, and <clears throat> also you know we never said to anyone like, if you vote for us, we will fix things for you. Mm -hmm. We never said so. We said that if things are to be changed in society, people need to get together and fight for it. We can't do that in your place. Mm -hmm. But we can 
help fa facilitate that, perhaps. That was our attempt. And we mm. were to use uh, the parliament to bring out our ideas mm. of uh, criticism of capitalism and uh, uh, of the injustice in this society and all, I mean, all these things. But we, we, we really didn't have that much illusions about those things. Mm -hmm. And yet, your article is still looking back uh, at the, your activity with some regret, I think. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say... Re not, oh, not regret. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, you, finish. Okay, oh. okay. Despite the fact that you didn't have illusions going in, that everything you've told me so far about your conception of social democracy seems practical, and and your um, your politics, your political aims... Neither like grandiose nor um, milk toast. You know, they, they, these are aims that seem practical, realizable, uh, and and also like the kinds of steps you might make or the, the kinds of things you might try to achieve if you're hoping to, as you say, set the working class in motion again. And yet, when you look back, you don't believe that you achieved the organization achieved so far what it set out to achieve. So um, I guess my question is, uh, well, I, I, I noticed in your article you did talk about how you work directly with um, workers in, in, in uh, the uh, wood manufacturing factories, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and those were unlike maybe the struggles uh, over staffing with nurses and other kinds of uh, uh, movements against austerity. The in the factories that seem to you like more uh, direct working class struggle. Mm. Um, d what was what came out of those kinds of struggles, and what? Uh, how do you distinguish them from nurses collectively organizing, mm. and and what went wrong in 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 both cases? Many good questions there. Mm. First, mm. the thing first thing to be said is there is all. Or, I mean, there is another option to everything I will say from now. There's no alternative. And that can also be that we were just not fucking fit for our task. That, that, I mean, that, that As can individuals, be you mean? Yeah, or... that can be the case. We, we might have sucked. But I don't yeah. think we did. But it's not impossible. If you ask someone else, perhaps they would say so. And perhaps they would be right. And I would be self-deceiving. Uh, but were I you mean, even the same people the whole time? No. No, so then you, of course yeah. not. But but but, but right. I, I just want to say that because uh, otherwise I'm sort of saying that oh we did everything right. Perhaps we did not. Perhaps we had better chances than what we could make of them. That 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 might be the case. I'm, yeah, okay. I, I just want to have said that first so, so, because mm. yeah, I, I'm not I'm not uh, close to that idea. Okay. Uh, I can't see it myself though, but I'm very much part of it. So. I might be the worst. I, I want to rule that out because it, okay, let, let, let's do that for the sake of discussion. I just wanted it said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fake humbleness or whatever you call it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, <clears throat> so the the different things you're you're entering into here, but um, I mean, programmatically, mm -hmm. what we wrote, we wrote a lot about the workplaces and uh, what needed to be done within unions on workplaces so and we were doing that quite well for a time i think but with our engagement in city council we sort of adapted our organization to that without even noticing it ourselves 
and we down-prioritized our factory organizing efforts. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, evaluating them and thinking, how could we do this better? How could we work this potential? Mm-hmm. We sort of did it a little bit now and then when chances appeared, you know, but it, it wasn't, we didn't give it as much attention as I think we should have. That's my conclusion today. And, what, what, why, why, uh, why didn't wait, you wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and there are not, no, no regrets around these things because I think I learned a lot and I think mm-hmm. we have learned a lot and I think we can have discussions today mm-hmm. that we wouldn't be able to have without these experiences because others in Sweden are making the same experiences now as we did in 2006 and we can see these things differently because we have tried certain things. Um, so the only regrettable thing perhaps would be that we couldn't see things earlier because 20 years is rather a lot of a lifetime anyway, you know, we don't have that much time on this earth. And I think perhaps we could have learned things the half time with that said, there are well, two we, things, okay, uh, yeah. two things I want to say about the welfare politics, because you were asking about the connections and how they went. Uh, well, when you say you didn't, uh, do as much work directly with you know, factory workers and, and those wood manufacturing um, uh, factories as, as you might have, or that in general, your engagement directly with workplace uh, struggles was uh, not given enough attention. Mm. Um, as someone who's trying to just run a business, right? Mm. Uh, I know that time management and, and prioritizing is a struggle. And mm-hmm. that, um, for example, I, I spent a lot of time working on the YouTube channel. I sometimes think, Maybe I ought to go uh, work on a different part of the business a little more. And, and mm-hmm. um, But inertia sets in. You have a, a, a schedule. Um, and also, there are reasons to, to focus where I'm focused. What, when you were in these, engaged with these struggles in the workplace, how did mm-hmm. you uh, measure their success? And what about those kinds of struggles led you not to prioritize them? Mm-hmm. Um, could you uh, re, 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 the, the what, first part of the question exactly yeah, what when was you, it? It was interesting. Yeah, yeah, well, I was just saying when you're involved in any kinds of activities, there's only so much time and mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. prioritize what you yeah. do. And what what I've noticed is that I will often respond and, and start to prioritize what at least feels like. No, but I followed on that. The, the, the very the beginning of the end. Uh, the beginning of the end. So yeah, when, when you, you came engaged, to the workplaces. Yeah, when you were engaged with workplace struggles, mm-hmm. how did you think of what success would yeah. be? And 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 how did your struggles there lead you not to prioritize that kind mm-hmm. of activity more? Same thing again. Organization and class consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm. The aim is the same, right? Mm-hmm. So can we get p- workers together to fight for their common interests? It's not socialism in itself. Of course not. We were not that ignorant. But it's sort of a necessity for anything, a- any next step to be taken. Right. We thought. I still believe that very much so. I've been called a workerist many times when I was over in Chicago. And mm-hmm. perhaps that's true. I don't know. 
<laughs> but who, who, who I, called I'm, you that? The, the, I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to name any names. All good people. I'm very impressed. I mean, that's a different topic in it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I was very impressed of Chicago. Mm. Now, don't regret going there. Yeah, yeah. But, and I never seen myself as a workerist, or perhaps I am. I don't know. But, so the, the point of that was to bring workers together to fight for common interests. Mm-hmm. Because that's, without that, no other serious business will ever be taken on. That's my claim. I haven't mm-hmm. changed my mind upon that. Uh, and we, this is the thing. You said what made us leave that, sort of, what ma- made us change. Yeah. We didn't in, in, in words and thought. We never did. Uh-huh. But in action, we very much did. That's the thing. And that's what, mm-hmm. I'm get, what I want to get to about the problem with our orientation towards welfare politics, as I call okay. it. Because mm-hmm. it was not just anti-austerity. We also, you know, put out demands on things that needed to be done, sort of, you mm-hmm. know, rehiring stuff, all these things. So we, we went into that. We flipped the coin, if you will. When they say we're going to cut, we say, no, we're going to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck your finances, basically, was our line. <clears throat> we need these things. We need to take human needs prior because we don't care about stability in capitalism. That's not why we are here. Mm-hmm. The problem is that to begin with, we became very much oriented towards the state because of this. This mm-hmm. is my take. Everyone in my organization does not agree upon this. Some people mm-hmm. think we were on the right path. Um, still, this discussion is open. It's an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my, to my mind, and many with me, we became oriented towards the state. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, that's the problem, if you will, w- w- with Sweden, that the working class is so thoroughly, thoroughly lobotomized by social democracy that unions can't strike. Mm-hmm. Unions can't even raise demands that compensate for inflation, right? And, th- and that's not because they have some innate inability in themselves, but because no, of no. the law, right? There's... No, no, no. Well, right. the law is another part, but that's not the problem. The big problem is that the working class does not fucking know how to fight. Because oh, okay. it has not done so for generations. It hasn't needed to. Because everything has been sorted out, you know, by union officials and state bureaucrats and uh, social democratic politicians in cooperation with the big businesses. And, you know, people got their lives better for every new year that went by. And, you know, so the working class was completely demobilized in Sweden. That's the, the other side, you know, of the so-called Swedish model of the social democratic success story, that it was a total disarmament of the working class and mm. with that through and through annihilation of everything relatable to class consciousness mm-hmm. <clears throat> and our orientation we wanted to break with that but without noticing it ourselves we always end up you know begging the state sort of mm-hmm. mm. so the instead of we were speaking about socialism as the future, you know, something qualitatively new compared mm-hmm. to this. But our perspective were always in the rearview mirror in a way. Look, oh, well, in the 80s, you know, things were so much better, blah, blah, blah. Full employment, loads of people in the healthcare institutions. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. 
The other thing is that we made, we, we adjusted, we made theoretical, if you will, even if our low level of, of theory, theoretical adjustments to this. And then, you know, we said, so teachers, they're welfare workers, right? And they also have a workplace. So we are engaged with a working class. We are still engaged in uh, workplace struggle. When we were sort of rallying against teachers' union, trying to get their support, you know, and uh, anti-austerity measures. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all bad. That's not my point. But my point is there is a difference between teachers and factory workers. And that mm -hmm. difference is important, I think, when it comes to perspectives of, you know, reorganizing a socialist workers' movement. You can't do that with teachers. I don't say teachers don't have a role to serve and a place to fill important ones. As because kind of, teachers are employed by the state primarily, or is there a cultural difference that you would point to? Um is it because well, the factory workers are producing value, you know, they actually yeah. produce a surplus? What would it well, be? To, to my crude understanding of these things, it's uh, very much about value production, yes. Mm -hmm. And um, it's sort of when the public sector workers are on strike, the employers, the politicians are happy because it makes the budget deficit go away. <laughs> right. That's that, yeah, that's how right, it is. Right. Yeah. They're saving money when the teachers are striking. Because right. the teachers union are paying the wages now for a month or whatever that will be. It's not happened ever that they strike, but if they would be. While if me and my workmates are not working, mm. money is not being made. Right. And that's the difference. And <clears throat> I mean you, you can expand on that a lot. I would say every time that a section or a group in the working class is going to battle, if you will. Repression is super fucking strong from second one. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because it's dynamite, okay? Mm -hmm. Because there's a potentiality there that's dangerous to mm -hmm. the order of things. So it needs to be strangled right away is very important for the whole establishment from unions from politicians from employers from the newspapers everyone is cracking hard as fuck every time a section of the working class is so much as breathing too loud mm -hmm. and that tells a lot in my opinion about what where our focus should be really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i want to be very clear i'm not ruling out other stratas or groups or whatever in society. Everyone has a role to play in the struggle for human emancipation. That's my firm conviction. But I do think if we as Marxists think that the working class has a special role, a special place in that struggle, central stage, we need to begin there. We can't begin in other places. It occurs to me what often occurs to me, which is that the struggle for socialism is going to be difficult and it's going to be risky. The thing about a, a strike is that um, they're sometimes not that difficult to put down because the working class is divided. You know, you can mm -hmm. find scabs or you can move 
facilities um and uh and and the and the capitalist class is very motivated to make sure that the production of value is not interrupted mm. in any significant way right mm. because that is so vitally important for the functioning of all mm. of society and and also because it is so vitally important for the fu- uh, vitally important for the functioning of all society striking workers are actually pretty easy to vilify after a time mm. when disorder em- emerges from their failure to reproduce <coughs> society so it would seem to me that along with supporting the activity of workers to struggle for themselves that there would also need to be uh some sort of strategic thinking about how to uh fill in the gaps that mm. are going to emerge uh you know in in society as more workers like um, let's imagine in our that it could be that the workers decided to coordinate and and strike for their own power for the mm. you know like that mm. that's some sort of revolutionary strike um if they did that alone without other administrative tasks and co- coordinating activities uh uh, in place so that they could s- support one another through that, it would be easy to, that disruption would be self-defeating. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like what a revolutionary party has to do partly is imagine that, imagine mm-hmm. that building the kind of infrastructure that would be necessary to make a really radical activity, really radical activities sustainable. Um I can only agree, dog. Yeah. I can only agree. Yeah. Uh, the problem is we're not even there. We keep going through these moments of disruption that aren't quite strikes, but like in in America after the murder of George Floyd, there was quite a lot of disruption. Mm. But uh, disruption you know? is one thing, but it's not sections of the working class moving in the realm of pr- production, is it? No. And it's not. Yeah. It's rather lumpen. Right. It's rather lumpen, and it's the left, mm-hmm. which is the middle class. Yeah, so it's the mm-hmm. middle class and the lumpens. And I don't say people don't have reasons to be fucking pissed off in this society. There are millions of reasons to want to burn shit down, but that doesn't change anything. We both know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and disruptions occur now and again, ever so often. But um, the working class is not on the scene, mostly. Right. <clears throat> and I, um, I think I think that is a significant difference, if you will, between what is happening and what is needed. And I think I think that's a precondition for anything else. I mean, I agree we need a party, etc. I'm not mm-hmm. an anarchist. That was a long time mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I sort of also feel like. These things has to happen before anything else can happen, really. And you know, it's the you know the theory, praxis, divide, etc. Yeah. And um, there has to be something that needs socialist intellectuals, if you will. Mm-hmm. Who needs socialist intellectuals today? No one, I would say. <sighs> hmm. Um, there's a market for them in the academy, uh, but uh, yeah, but, that, but yeah, but but they're not dealing with that really. Uh, but I mean, mm. I mean, 
No, I'm, you're I'm joking. You're speaking about the, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, like, <laughs> who needs them? Oh, Verso, you know, we they, they have books to sell. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, but but, 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 but but that's not what you're talking about, though. No, it's not. I, what I would ask you now is about the left. Um, because, like, you talk about um, how you ended up participating in or recreating left populism rather than socialism. Yeah. And... And I wondered what you mean by left populism and what the role of a left, which might be middle class or might be lumpen or might be working class, but doesn't have a particular class character character to it, I don't think, um, what the role of the left would be um, in the development of workers' power uh, at, for, for you. So there's two questions. One is, what is left populism? What is it anyway? And then... The other is, what would the role of the left that has been trapped by left populism perhaps be in a socialist movement? Mm. Yeah, good questions, both of them. Uh, to not go too far deep into the rabbit hole of what is populism, what is this. What I mean, my distinction mm. is that, and it, it can be contested. You can have other takes on that, of course. It's mm. not really a trademarked... Uh, term is it mm -hmm. what i mean is that the populists no matter if they're right or left they don't need the independent active participation from the working class mm. for them the working class is a constituency i think it's the right word i mean mm -hmm. it's not, mm -hmm. it's not yes, the native tongue right. we're speaking but yeah, they're, they're, doing... they're a voter base yeah you're right constituency is the correct term i believe although even though it is my native tongue, I get words wrong sometimes. But yes, that's, that's correct. In Swedish, we have the, the term valboskap. It means election cattle. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We yeah. should start calling uh, voters election cattle from now on. Mm. I think I might. I might yeah, but, but, but in, in all seriousness, mm. even if not to their own self-understanding, but that is what a working class is for the populists, no matter if left or right. Left populists would never say that, of course. Mm -hmm. But if the practice, pseudo-practice, if you will, is not about independent working class movement, it is pretty much what it is. They want their votes. They want people are angry so they can tap into that, as we did. You know, We did that with an intention of organizing people, but we failed organizing people. Mm -hmm. hence we became populists we were applying to people's discontents appealing to that and uh, which are all very legit that's not my point they're mm -hmm. all legit you know it's, it's politicians you know stealing and uh, all this shit corruption and you know it's a rotten fucking world we're living in there are millions of reasons like I said for people to be angry and mm -hmm. I think but the difference, for, the difference for me when I separate the two, the populists, left populists, and the socialist workers' movement, is that the socialist workers' movement has to be based in the working class, in its own self-activity, mm. in its own ways, which is not necessarily electoral in the first uh, stage at all. Mm. Um, so so that, that, that's how I see 
to answer mm. the first half of your question. I don't know if it's a satisfying one. No, that's but, fine. But then you mm -hmm. say, what would the left's role be? Well, I don't know, really. I mean, some people can do things in workplaces. I think they could do more use there than, than you know, selling a newspaper for the latest Trotskyist split sect. I don't know. There's no fucking point in that. There, or, uh, I don't know, uh, campaigning for the Democrats in America. That's not very useful either for the emancipation of mankind, I think, or reconstitution of a socialist movement. Some people could be doing workplace stuff, if you will. Others can't. They just can't. And I think they should work with theory and ideas. What you are doing, I think your mm -hmm. contribution is very good. Sometimes I think, I don't know, I can't really see the use for some of the things you're doing, but that's because <laughs> I don't know the topics you're discussing. discussing. Middle-class left today is not interested in the working class. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that's one of the things. And I told them in Chicago, when I went for the Platypus Convention, I said, I never met anything in Swedish context that can be compared to the Platypus-affiliated society. Because if you look at middle-class leftists in Sweden, they're totally fucked up, all of them, and of no use whatsoever, sadly. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think the work that has been done through Platypus is very impressive and uh, interesting and intriguing and, uh, you know, all these things. <clears throat> but I've never seen anything similar from a European middle-class left horizon. Of course, sir, platypus is all around the, the world now, so there could True. easily be a, a Swedish platypus-affiliated society chapter. Um, I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm doing their work for them right now. But uh, the, the thing that I uh, want to ask you is this. In the United States, amongst certain leftists, not overall, but uh, amongst a certain kind of um, uh, media savvy, probably ex uh, Sanders supporting leftist in 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 the U.S., there's this idea, and it's taken hold, I think, and then kind of faded away, even that the left, as it is, has its own class interests that are mm. opposed to the working class, mm. and what they are is that they're the professional managerial class. Mm. And that means that they are aligned with state power and other kinds of quasi state powers. We have um, those in Sweden too. Yeah. And, and um, they are, in, they are of course getting their inspiration from America. Mm -hmm. We had black lives matter in Sweden also. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also came from America. Uh, right. Uh, I think it's important to realize that like, Black Lives Matter, in its inception, uh, the number of times it sort of started up again, it always came from uh, the streets. You know, it never yeah. really started with some NGO, but then it was sure. easily co-opted. But uh, yeah, but my, my my point was that uh, I, I'm familiar to what you're speaking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what, what's the question about? Though? My question is: Do you think that the left can overcome? If the left is middle class, is like in character, can it overcome its own class interests to align with the working class? And if so, uh, on on what basis or what needs to be? How would a socialist attempt to alter the left 
Uh, or is that even where we should be aiming at right now? I, I rather think of it the other way around. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look at these so-called leftists we have today, mm-hmm. I can't help but to think, you know, that they're very, very much a children of their own DNA today, day and age, you know. Mm-hmm. Childs, children of the, yeah, they are plural, sorry. <laughs> Again. <laughs> uh, and I don't think it would be existing in the way it is today if the working class would be in motion, really. Hmm. I think that it's very symptomatic of our our um, you say impasse where, mm-hmm. where, where we find ourselves. I mean, really, if the working class would be in motion the left could not get away so easy as it's doing today. As, as it's, it's having, I mean, it can, it, the working class can easily be ignored and ruled out today. Uh, I don't think identity politics would be an issue in the same way, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, um, listen, we've, and, we've done about 55 minutes. I'm wondering, do you have enough time to go for another session I could mm-hmm. refill my coffee cup and we could talk some more. I have a few more questions I wanted to ask you. I think this has been so far really helpful and it, it has helped me to clarify uh, what you think the task is. I, I, um, I want to explore put the, the, the question of the working class str- struggle and the working class be, uh, becoming, you know, setting themselves in motion in the second half, because there are, I mean, first of all, I, I wonder about whether or not the Swedish uh, conditions whether, are unique. I mean, in the United mm. States, the neoliberalism started earlier, right? Mm. And it had ended. And, and the uh, welfare state was never as fully no. implemented. And no. um, the precarity uh, in the United States has always been deeper i think um than in sweden certainly that's why uh the left can point to sweden as the model or you know for for mm. us like that's why bernie sanders will work well they them. shouldn't i know i know <laughs> i know um but yeah well, so let, let's take a break i'm going to send you a second um link in just a moment i'm going to refill my coffee cup and and we'll we'll start again for people who Give us a little bit of cash to to really get the good stuff, right? Oh, I can. I'm one of them. I mean, I'm only Patreon for two shows, and one, yours is one of them. If you enjoyed this conversation, please do consider supporting us on Patreon. Our patrons help to make sure that Sublation Media can continue to provide interviews, videos, books, and articles that are critical of the left from the left. If you are tired of remaining stuck within bourgeois ideologies and politics, help us sublate them both.